Welcome to Campfire, connecting primary producers. Campfire provides a solution-focused community for farmers and fishers to improve work systems and support mentally healthy workplaces. Farmers work many hours alone, arguably spending more time alone with their thoughts than most. What though if those thoughts aren't helpful? Slowly piling up into what ends up being a mountain of insurmountable problems. G'day, I'm Drew Radford and a person who's developed a program to tackle this is Dr Kate Gunn. Farming's in Kate's blood. She's also, though, a clinical psychologist and senior research fellow in the Department of Rural Health at UniSA. And she joins us now in the Campfire Studio. Kate, thanks for your time. Thanks, Drew. Kate, your professional life is psychology, but you're actually from a farming property, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. I grew up on a farm near Streaky Bay um, in South Australia and my family all still lives there and um, I go back there as often as I can. So I feel like quite entrenched within a farming family still. So for want of a better description, Kate, you kind of walk the talk. Yeah, well, I think it helps to have an understanding of farming. I think one of the frustrations farmers experience is a lack of understanding of their industry from outsiders. So certainly understanding farming is a big advantage when doing this work around farmers' wellbeing. Well, let's drill down into the wellbeing side of it, Kate. What are some of the factors that can lead to poor mental health among people working in the farming sector? Yeah, good question. So I guess I want to start off by saying there's actually lots of great things about living on the land, but yeah, there are some challenges too. So firstly, um, you know, lots of things are beyond farmers' control, um, like the weather and disease outbreaks and commodity prices. And the uncertainty that goes along with that can be really difficult for anyone to deal with. So that's the first big one. And that's something that farmers experience all over the world. But another issue is their really high workloads. Farm work is never really done is it so you always feel like there's more that you could do and at times like seeding and harvest and shearing you know the hours farmers work are really exhausting and of course many farmers are finding this is especially bad at the moment due to workforce shortages that seem to be happening right across rural Australia so farmers everywhere are under more pressure than ever having to do more work themselves you know to fill in all the gaps of where they might have had an employee once do some of the farm jobs so Things are tricky at the moment. Well, Kate, they are indeed tricky for a range of reasons you listed out there. Is there another element to consider as well in terms of workplace relationships? Is that something that farmers can find stressful if they're not working correctly? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, farming workplaces are a bit different to many other workplaces because, you know, a farm's not only a person's um, workplace, it's also often their home and it might represent their heritage and their family traditions and there might be multiple generations within the same family living and working in that one workplace. So that's another thing that can make being a farmer particularly challenging at times. Kate, if we can just go back to maybe the first point you were making there about things being beyond your control. You led the co-development of iFarmWell, ifarmwell.com.au, and I had the privilege of actually working on that project, so I should probably declare that at this particular point. But the project, it's all designed to help farmers learn strategies to cope effectively with things beyond their control. Can you explain a little bit more about how iFarmWell works, Kate? 
So the idea for iFarmWell um, came about when we interviewed about 300 farmers from across Australia and we tried to work out what the farmers who were coping effectively in times of drought were doing differently from those farmers who were finding it very distressing. And what we found is that the farmers who successfully prevented themselves from becoming distressed in drought were doing two things. So the first one was that they accepted the drought and its consequences and they, you know, acknowledged that this is a real part of their life and largely beyond their control and there was nothing they could do about the drought itself. But the second important thing they did was they still didn't try and give up on finding ways to improve their situations. They accepted it was beyond their control and they didn't give up. They still tried to find things to do to help themselves. So I Farm Well is designed to equip farmers with practical strategies to work out what they can and what they can't control and ensure that they're prioritising putting their energy into those things that are going to improve their situation and make them feel more satisfied with their lives regardless of the difficult circumstances that they might face. You know a trap many people fall into is wasting a whole lot of energy worrying about things that they can't change or that actually never happen. So I Farm Well is all about teaching people practical ways to prevent wasting energy on things things like that and it's free and confidential it's totally farmer focused and you can start and stop the modules in between farm jobs as you need to so I'd encourage you all to sign up and give it a go. Kate that's a great broad description of it can you distill down a little bit further in terms of maybe you've got some other tips about how farmers can effectively manage things beyond their control so that they can prevent or minimise stress on the farm. Maybe some of the concepts that are shared on I Farm Well. The first thing you need to be able to do is work out what's worrying you and what you can and what you can't do something about. So to help with that, a really helpful strategy is, you know, anytime you start to notice yourself feeling a bit stressed or overwhelmed, if you sit down with a piece of paper and a pen and you divide your worries into three lists. So in the first column, you might say, these are the things that I can do something about right now. So that might be something practical like fixing a flat tire on the ute. And then in the second column, you make a list of things you can do something about in the next month or longer. And that might be something like, you know, making time to meet up with a rural financial counsellor to discuss your financial situation. So things you can do something about, but just not right now. And then in the third column, this third one's really important. These are the things that you need to let go of and shift your attention away from because focusing on them isn't going to make your life any better. So these are where you put worries like wondering what the neighbours will think if you try something new or wondering if so-and-so likes you or wondering when it might rain. So the three columns and in the final column, they're the things you need to let go of. And if you have a lot of things in your let go of list, the next thing to do is to deliberately direct your attention away from them by doing something really practical. So, you know, go for a walk with your dog, play with your kids, clean out a trough. And while you're doing it, use all of your senses to get out of your head, away from those thoughts you need to let go of, and focus on what you can see and hear and taste and smell and feel around you while you're doing those practical things. And lots of farmers who've used I Farm Well are now using this technique and they tell us how helpful it is. And they say that, you know, it's kind of like drafting their thoughts into different pens 
hens. And they also tell us that it's particularly helpful because often farmers spend a lot of time on their own and they have a lot of time to get caught up in worries in their heads. So if you can sort out your thoughts in this way, as soon as you start to notice yourself getting a bit worked up about things, you can sort things out logically and prevent a lot of stress and a lot of time being wasted by focusing on these things that you can't control and that are not going to make your life any better. I really like that description, Kate. It's really what you're describing there. For me, the word that comes up is being present. Absolutely, yeah. So when we're focused on the past, it tends to make us feel depressed. And when we're focused on the future, it can make us feel quite stressed or anxious. But if you can focus on the present, it's a far more relaxing, peaceful and pleasant place to be. And they were kind of almost lists that you were putting out there, actually doing simple tasks that let you be present for want of a better description cleaning out troughs or whatever it is as opposed to those other things to work on the big things down the list yeah that's right you know you don't have to sit around doing mindfulness meditations um, to be present you can actually be present when you're doing really practical things all you have to do is just use your senses to notice things around you and get out of your head and, and into your life um, often when people try this technique they find that they've been missing a lot of stuff around them for a really long time so you might go for a walk and and use your senses to be present and notice a whole lot of stuff that you've walked past a hundred times before and, and you've never even notice to there so it can be very rewarding okay that's one aspect and really well described and you've got some great modules with iFarm well to work on some of that stuff do you have any tips in terms of what farmers can do to help manage their workloads Ah, yes. Well, this is a tricky one, um, especially as we said earlier, you know, when getting the help that you need on the farm is a bit of a challenge. But, you know, doing things like writing lists and then prioritising the tasks on them, that's important. And then looking down your list and looking at whether or not there's anything that you might be able to outsource and if someone's available to do it. So, for example, you know, you might have something like crutching the rams or writing up a job advertisement on your list and you think, oh, well, I could do that myself, but I do know so-and-so's available and, and that's something I can handle off to them. So if you can afford to outsource those little jobs, I'd encourage you to do it. And then you can have more time to focus on the jobs that only you can do. Another thing that is really important when you've got a big workload is to ensure that you're still investing enough time in training your staff to actually do the jobs that they need to do. So sometimes we get really busy and that's something that can slip. But I'm sure you've all had examples of times when you've done things in a rush and not really trained people up properly and then had stuff ups and near misses and then things have ended up costing a lot of time and money down the track. Sometimes it can be a false economy, not to actually invest in training people properly and explaining what they need to do. And another thing kind of along those lines is taking breaks. When we're busy, it's um, easy to think, oh, I don't have time to have a break. But sometimes that's a false economy too. When you're really tired and you don't manage that carefully, things go wrong and, and end up taking longer. So taking breaks, making sure that you're scheduling holidays away from the farm, even when you're busy, is really important. And I actually had a conversation with a farmer recently and he said that he thinks that taking a week off for a holiday doesn't actually cost him any more time. He says that, you know, in the week leading up to the holiday, he works extra hard. And then um, in the couple of weeks, once he gets back from his holiday, he's got more, you know, he's fresher and he's got more capacity to work hard too. And he said he reckons it works out about even. And by taking the week off, he's kept his partner and his kids happy too. So I think there's something in that, you know, we do need to make time to 
to take a break and rushing around all the time isn't always helpful. Kate, you mentioned there the flow-on effects for his family. So how can we ensure that the relationships between members of farming teams are as positive as possible? Have you got any tips on that front, Kate? There's a few things you can do. Um, One of the most important, I think, is ensuring that everyone in your farming business has a really clear idea of what their role is and what is and what isn't expected of them. And the reason I say this is because often conflict seems to develop when people think, oh, you know, so-and-so is not pulling their weight. But in their defence, it might actually be that that person has a different understanding of what they're actually meant to be doing. A simple way to prevent these sorts of issues from occurring is to have a written list of roles and responsibilities for every member of your farming team that everyone can access. And of course, you know, depending on the time of the year, you might need to adjust that a bit. You might have a section on there, you know, additional responsibilities that so-and-so needs to manage at harvest or seeding or shearing. But taking time to put all of this sort of stuff on paper is a really good investment of your time and it can make your work environment far more harmonious and it can also play an important role in keeping your good staff too because staff like to know what's expected of them. You know, if you've got someone good at the moment, you don't want to let them go. So um, it can help with that. And I guess another thing that can really help with relationships within a farming team is to try and deliberately notice what other people around you are doing right. And the reason for this is, you know, when we're under pressure, by default, we tend to focus on the things that are going wrong around us. But if you deliberately point out what they're doing right, it'll bring out the best in them um, and make the other people feel valued. And it will make you feel better too. In terms of the family relationship, are boundaries an important part of that as well? Yeah, absolutely, Drew. So establishing boundaries between your work and farm and your home and family life are really important. And, you know, it can be difficult to do this at at first because most farming families are very used to having important business meetings around the kitchen table and they involve their kids in their businesses from the moment they can walk. But if you don't have a space and some time where you can recharge and pursue things other than work, it really can be problematic for your mental health. So Another thing you can do is build an office away from your home. More and more progressive farmers are doing that now. Another thing people are doing is scheduling more formal business meetings away from their farms on neutral territory and involving external consultants in those meetings, which you know, can help bring in new ideas and give the opportunity and the space for people within the business to reflect on what's going well and what's not working so well. Sometimes people think, oh, you know, I don't need to do this. We're managing okay in an informal way. But what people tell me is that when they do invest in these sorts of strategies, you know, the planning quality is of a higher standard and it can end up saving you time and money in the long run. So well worth thinking about. Kate, one part of everybody's life is change. So what advice would you give primary producers facing change? I guess it's useful to think about the fact that it's not really change that tends to be hard for people. It tends to be more the losses that often come with that change that are really difficult for people to adjust to. So I think if you're thinking about implementing a change in your farm or you're facing a change yourself, it's really valuable to think about the losses that will come with that change. So for example, if you decide that you want to move from one breed of sheep to another, 
you need to be aware that other people within your business might not view that as a positive change because of the losses that come with it for them. For example, you know, an older member of your business, your dad perhaps, he may associate that change with losses relating to, you know, his attendance at the annual Ramsar, which he's been going to for 50 years religiously. He also might experience a loss around, you know, a particular kind of relationship he's always had with that stud owner that he's been dealing with for all those years. And, you know, he might even experience a sense of loss around um, his kind of farming identity. If, for example, he's always been a merino man and you're suggesting that he moves to a different breed. To summarise, when you're implementing a change, you just sort of really need to think about the losses that it will lead to for all people involved. And if you can acknowledge these up front, it's really helpful and then go on to manage them as proactively as you can. Kate. Lastly, can you please remind us of how to sign up to iFarmWell? It's a project that could help farmers a lot in terms of implement strategies to prevent a lot of these issues that we've discussed. So all you need to do is go on the internet, type in ifarmwell.com.au and you can register and start the five free modules. And you'll be invited to do each of the modules once a fortnight. And when the next module is available, you'll receive a text message to remind you when the next one's available. And then you also receive text messages to keep you on track with the things that you have agreed to practice in those two weeks in between. So it's really important that farmers realise that you don't need to have a mental health problem to benefit from doing these modules. So the, the things like we've talked about today are really practical. They're designed to help all farmers and their supporters. So all the you know people like agronomists, those people who are out on the, the land helping farmers also manage this sort of stuff. It can be useful for them as well. So it's all just about finding ways to get more out of life and prevent stress on the farm. So I'd encourage you all to give it a go. Kate, it's a fabulous resource for farmers. I think the drafting of thoughts analogy is going to stick with me forever. Thank you for joining us for this Campfire podcast. My pleasure, Drew. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Campfire podcast. For more information regarding Campfire, please visit the National Centre for Farmer Health website. All information is accurate at the time of release. This podcast was developed by the National Centre for Farmer Health and is funded by the Victorian State Government's WorkSafe Work Well Mental Health Improvement Fund.